Welcome to the Facts from the Stacks podcast. This is our very first episode. We're so excited to be here. Super excited to have our first episode about library trivia. So this first episode, we're going to talk all about libraries. Start with what we know. Start from home. So that's the plan. Try and stump each other and throw facts at each other we're not aware of. Yes. Welcome to Facts from the Stacks, a news and trivia podcast for book nerds and library lovers. Facts from the Stacks, created by the staff at the Jackson Madison County Library, is your library news and book based trivia podcast. Join your hosts, Kelly and Shane, for what we're reading, what's happening in the library, and tons of trivia. We will have games and quizzes so you can follow along and test your knowledge, but also so we can stump our other library staff. My name is Kelly. I'm the marketing manager here at the Jackson Madison County Library. And I am Shane. I'm the adult services librarian. And we're going to be your hosts on Facts from the Stacks from here on out. So up first, we have our recently borrowed segment. So what have you borrowed recently? What have you been reading? Great question. Um, I'm currently listening to, on Libby, shout out to Libby, The Secrets We Kept by Lara Prescott, um, because I am working my way through Reese's Book Club. So that's just the next one that I took off the list. And it's really interesting. It's about um, women that were spies during the Cold War um, and what that was like. So it's very That sounds exciting. Yeah. Um, speaking of book clubs, um, the only reading I've done recently, which I know is bad because I'm a librarian, <laughs> um, we have a book club, Book Talk, Book Talks, um, and we are reading A Good Girl's Guide to Murder. Um, it's really a fascinating book um, by Holly Jackson. It's her debut novel. So we love a good, like coming out the gate swinging. Um, it's about this girl who for her senior project wants to investigate like a closed murder case from her hometown. But the catch is that she knew the person who was convicted and she does not think he did it. And she like uncovers all of these secrets and starts to get close to the truth. And, um, it's been really good so far. Really excited to read that one. Love that. Have you been reading other things? Yes. Um, two books that I've just read recently this season of life that were really great that I would recommend were One True Loves and Maybe in Another Life, both by Taylor Jenkins Reid. So if you haven't heard, if you've been under a rock and not on the book talk, <laughs> Taylor Jenkins Reid is blowing up with um, Daisy Jones and the Six, Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And... The day we're recording this, today's March 6th, so Daisy Jones and the Six, the Prime show, just came out on Friday. That's right. I haven't started it yet, but I'm excited to. But anyways, all this to say, I've loved all of her top hits that have been popular, so I'm trying to go back and read her other earlier works, and these were both really great. And I think that One True Loves is also having an adaptation this year. Not sure, show or movie, but... So can confirm that all Taylor Jenkins reads works are beautiful. Fantastic. Stunning. Wow. Yeah. Do you want to experience the joy of painting? 
Are you a Bob Ross fan? This piece of canvas is your world. Join us Saturday, May 13th at 10.30 a.m. for the Happy Little Accidents Painting Hour. We don't make mistakes. We have happy accidents. Everything is provided for free, but registration is required. So call us at 731-425-8600 to save your spot now. You have to make a big decision. And be sure to check out our calendar for future events featuring everyone's favorite artist. Now then, let's have some fun. Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? All right, you big know-it-all. Did you know? Okay, so this week we are doing library trivia. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have looked at a lot of different like um, information about like old libraries, ancient libraries, mm-hmm. and um, like etymology and stuff. So like that's always fun. Um, but just talking about the word library. Um, found some fun things. So um, the Latin word for books and documents is Liber. 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 Um, And their word for a collection of books was a libraria. Libraria. A libraria. Um, And a librarium is what they called a container for books. So kind of like all three of those things are where you're going with this. Yeah. So (laughs) all three of those things are where we got, you know, our word for library. Wow. Um, There's a lot of different. If you speak other languages like Spanish and Portuguese um, and Italian, they all use like some form of like biblioteca. Um, And all of those come from ancient Greek um, where biblioteca is the word for a book container. So we literally take these words from like, we're just a container for books. Um, (laughs) Of course, like we know that we're more than that now. Yeah. Um, but that is where all of those kind of came from. It's so interesting. Mm-hmm. I never really thought about that, but like obviously it had to come from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things that you don't really consider. It's just one of those common lexicon. Yeah. You, you just know. know what that word means. You just know. So I looked into more local history you know, where did our particular library come from mm. and what's the background there? We went different directions. Yeah. So um, for those who don't know, so we're the Jackson Madison County Library in Tennessee. So we are in West Tennessee in the city of Jackson, the county of Madison the Jackson Madison County Library. Um, But the building that we are in today, the downtown main library, um, was not the original library. So it started out as the Jackson Free Library, um, and it was built as one of the Carnegie Libraries. So with the help of a grant from Andrew Carnegie, who um, helped build public libraries all across the country. And a fun fact is that the Jackson Free Library was the first Carnegie Library in Tennessee. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Because, I mean, like you said, Carnegie built libraries all over the place. Yeah. Um, It's hard to count how many that started out that way. Right. Um, And several in Tennessee. So that's fun that that we were the the first first. one. We're very special. Yeah. 
that's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, in my research on the Carnegie, I just found a few things that I thought were interesting. So the Jackson Free Library opened on March 3rd, 1903. Just a few days ago. I know. Like, I thought that was fun because yeah. we're recording this on March 6th. So that was festive. And it's 2023, right? So that would be the 120th anniversary. Yeah. Just passed. So that's festive. Um, and then another thing that I thought was interesting was that the cornerstone laying ceremony. So when they laid the first cornerstone for the building was on September 11th, 1901. Oh, so a hundred years before nine 11. That's wild. Which was interesting. Um, that just stood out to me and the governor of Tennessee at the time, Benton McMillan attended that ceremony. So that's cool. Um, And then another thing unique about the Jackson Free Library, as far as within the Carnegie umbrella, is that it's the only um, Tennessee Carnegie Library and possibly it might have said the only library, Carnegie Library in the South with the uh, rotunda room structure. So if you've been there before, um, the center room is like built around a rotunda and it's like a circular room and it has the... um, arched ceiling if you will and it's the only one like that in tennessee and that's that style is mostly found in more northern libraries i found like in pennsylvania and that kind of thing so i thought that was interesting that's interesting i've not been in there and i know that's horrible because it's literally within sight of our current library building like i could walk there yeah um i've not been in there it is now the um it's now the legends of tennessee music museum and you can go on a tour in there. They're open Wednesday to Saturday, 10 to 4. And I actually have done the tour. It's really oh. interesting. So it focuses on um, music legends based here in West Tennessee. So there's a lot about Carl Perkins in there, Sonny Boy Williamson, and then more modern local musicians like Lolo. So it's really cool if you are interested in local musicians or if you just want to sort of round out your general Tennessee music history because there's so much of that in the state. Oh, yeah. So it's like another piece of that puzzle. Yeah. I mean, our whole state has such a rich music history. Um, And then Memphis, everybody knows Memphis for, you know, being so big as far as music. But Jackson's got a really, really rich music scene, too. Yeah. And it's interesting, too. Like, that's a whole other rabbit hole that you could go down. But, you know, a lot of people just think of Elvis and Memphis when you think about Tennessee music history. But Mm -hmm. a lot of where Elvis got his start from came from you know like he bounced off the folks in jackson yeah because like blue suede shoes he didn't write that song carl perkins wrote that song yeah. recorded that song and then that was one of his big hits so an interesting again if that's a topic that you're interested in go visit a, the museum yeah, it's a good place to get the rest of the story if you will i'm like you can see where the library started yeah that's pretty cool yeah it still says Jackson Free Library. Yeah, Jackson Free Library. Uh Uh-huh. Still Uh says that on the building. Yeah. And it's a really beautiful building. Um, So just a fun piece of history. Um, There was no city hall in Jackson at the time. So the building also served as a gathering place um, for those types of meetings. Because they have a, they have a theater, I think, in the basement is what I've heard. Oh, really? Of the Carnegie. So I wonder if that's where they kind of had those kinds of gatherings. Maybe so. That's pretty neat. Yeah. And then lastly, I thought it was interesting that um, the Jackson Free Library, the building survived. There was a deadly F4 tornado in 2003 that um, flattened a lot of buildings surrounding the Free Library, but it survived that. So that's kind of cool because it's like over 100 years old. 
you know, old construction style. And she's and still standing. Yeah, she's still standing. She survived a deadly tornado that flattened newer buildings. A lot of places. Wow. Yeah. That's really so cool. So that's the gist of the Jackson Free Library. She's interesting. She's got a lot of history. And she's available to tour at this time. That's cool. Um, and then 1968 is when the building we're in now, downtown, Jackson Madison County Library replaced the Jackson Free Library. Um, and that's where we are today. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I never knew that. I will have to go and look sometime. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast and you're a fan of history, the library has something special for you. The Tennessee Room, located at the main library, is a place full of history, genealogy, local documents, artifacts, and more newspapers and microfilm than we can count. Well, not really, because we catalog everything. It's just a saying, but... Never mind. Just remember that if you've ever wondered about local events from days past or how to start tracking your family tree, the Tennessee Room is a great place to start. You can visit them Monday through Friday, anytime between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. So speaking of, you know, new libraries and all that good stuff. So did you know there is something called library anxiety i've roughly heard of it but i don't know the gist okay the details so you know like sometimes you're in a store and you're shopping and you need to find something but like you don't want to ask one of the employees and you're just like you just kind of wander you're like no i'll just find it myself oh absolutely so there's that same kind of vibe for libraries um was actually coined as library anxiety Hmm. it is defined as the feeling that one's research skills are inadequate and that those inadequacies should be hidden oh um which is really interesting so you feel like less than in the library that if you were to ask for help it would be embarrassing yeah Yeah, like it would be embarrassing to ask for help about whatever the case may be um which is really interesting but um in 1986 there was a professor of library science named constance mellon um that conducted a lot of this research and founded that theory um that was called library anxiety a grounded theory in its development um and so he kind of coined this you know library anxiety people don't like to come in the library and ask for help because they'll feel stupid or Mm. like but that's what we're here for yeah like that's that's what we do all day long is help people find whatever information they're needing um i thought that was really cool yeah that is interesting because i feel like from the outside in i can see where people would have that perspective Mm -hmm. but then now as someone that works in a library it's like the exact opposite like you know, I don't know that much more than the average person. And I just mm-hmm. got into the job like anyone else would. So that's kind of right. funny. And, you know, part of it, too, is not like it's not that we are like we just know how to find the information. Mm-hmm. Like that's part we of our training. We don't know the information. We know how to find the information, mm-hmm. which is, you know, that's a huge thing. And there's. I remember when I was in school, like we had library class, like we would go and learn how to use the oh, library, yeah. you know, um, because even in 1990, like five to 99, my library at school still used the card catalog. Mm. That was, you know, the old fashioned one. Um, so we still learned how to do research the old way. Okay. Um, we didn't have like a lot of computers, Um, but 
learning how to do those things makes people more likely to use a library. Right. Um, because in actually it's really funny because UT Knoxville um, actually in 2012 and 2013 held a bunch of informational sessions about how to use the library and they pulled people after that and it found that 91% of students felt more comfortable using the library in general after they were taught how to properly use the library oh, yeah. and like getting familiar with their resources and having tours and things like that and 81% reported that they would be more likely to ask a librarian for help so like if your library, you know, if you familiarize yourself with the library, then it's going to increase the usage. Yeah. You'll feel more comfortable. It's it's just really interesting. That is. That teaching people how to do that. Yeah. Um cuz you wouldn't think like I feel like if I went up to someone and was like, "Would you like me to teach you how to use the library?" they would be like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, what are you doing? It's yeah. a library. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know how to use the library. Right. But that's actually, like, a huge resource for people. It is. And, you know, on that same topic, our teen librarian, Crystal, started doing a library literacy lessons, mm -hmm. which is, like, her teaching school-age kids how to use the library and yeah. about all the stuff that we have, which I just thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, because I don't... Especially if you learn something as a kid, like, that confidence is just automatically in you that's yeah. easier than like attacking it from an adult perspective oh yeah because like, adults have all these walls up that kids don't yeah it's it's just really cool that learning little bits about the library and how to do your research like will make you more likely to approach somebody about it yeah. it's just really cool yeah. because you know i don't I don't, from the insider perspective, I don't see any of us as particularly intimidating. Yeah, no. So, like, it's really funny to think that, you know, somebody might. Anyway, so that's library anxiety. It's a real thing. Yeah. Um, I don't have. The more you know. The more you know. <laughs> I don't have library anxiety, but I definitely have, like, the grocery store anxiety. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> or, like, fancy, any fancy store. Oh, absolutely. Like so, less about library per se but this is like a bookstore but i can't help but talk about it because i thought it was so cool there is in japan there is a bookstore called the morioka goten ginza mm -hmm. it is in tokyo and it's really really popular they stock one title per week that's it whoa for a whole week they sell one book one title that's it and then they host an event every single night based on the title that they sell. Oh, that's so So, fun. like, you can only buy that one book, but then you can come any night of the week after you buy it and read it to discuss it or to have, like, wow. an event based If you're like it. me and you love a theme, that is, like, the perfect store. It's really cool. This goes back to our etymology discussion. Mm -hmm. But in Japan, also, there's a word that is sundoku. And it is a mixture of two different words, one of which means to pile up things for later <laughs> and the other that means reading books. Oh, so like when you put it together, the word is l piling books up at home that are never going to get read. Oh, yeah. And that's like my problem. Big time. That's everyone. That's where the TBR comes from. Yes. The TB Red Pile. That's how you get 500 books in your Goodreads yes. that you have not read right. that you want to. I saw this meme recently. I'll have to look it up again. But it was talking about how 
you know, this is how many books that exist. And this is how many hours that the average human life has. And it was like proving that you really will never read all the books that you want to read. <sighs> and it was sad. That hurts me. Yeah. That really hurts. <laughs> Summer's upon us and the library is a great place to spend time. Whether you like to spend your time at the pool or in the sun with a book, we have something for you. All Together Now is our theme this year and we're making sure that you can find your community here at the library. Whether it's reading or knitting or painting or gardening or coding or board games or cooking or video games or traveling or crafts or photography or sports or music or Pokemon or movies or Harry Potter or... You can find all the things that you like here at the library all summer long, starting June 3rd. Check our website or social media for a full list of events. Okay, so we, as a trivia podcast, we have to have like a little quiz segment. Of course. Um, so I have brought for you today... A quiz on famous libraries and librarians. Ooh, love it. Um, not just like real, but like pop culture. Ooh. So I've got five whole questions. Mm -hmm. um, and for all of you listeners, um, I'm going to ask our coworkers some of these questions too, because I'm just curious if people know or like want to hazard a really rough guess. Yes. This episode features Casey, Brendan, Lantonio, and Isaiah in that order. So my first question is what famous Batman character works at Gotham City Public Library and fights crime alongside the caped crusader? I don't know. Pass. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know the answer to this, but my guess is Robin. It is not. Um, so it is Batgirl, a.k.a. Barbara Gordon. Herself oh. is a librarian. Okay, that makes sense. See, because when you first introduced that you were going to include fictional libraries too. So I just did on our Instagram and TikTok accounts, I did um, our favorite fictional libraries and our favorite fictional librarians. Oh, And so yeah. in my research for that, she totally came up, but I guess I forgot about Batgirl. Okay, well, maybe some of these other ones then yeah, maybe you will be more like familiar a... with. Okay. Um, question two. Mm -hmm. Who is the librarian for Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry during Harry Potter's years there? I do know. Uh-huh. Pull a name out of your hat. Is it Pence? Never read Harry Potter. Are you kidding? No, I'm not. Okay. No, I don't know this one. I have no idea. Unfortunately, I have never actually read the entire series. Three of you! Three of you! I have not. Okay. Madam Pince. That is correct. A hundred percent. I knew that before I made those videos. Right. I've got to just. That one's a little. That. Yeah, that's a little better. What cult classic pop culture film released in 1985 features delinquent teens serving detention in the library? The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. The, the, the cereal something. <laughs> Breakfast Club. No. Breakfast Club. Again, no idea. <laughs> The Breakfast Club. Absolutely. Yes, I knew it. <laughs> All right. Who is the librarian from the popular 1999 movie, The Mummy? The actor? I've never seen that movie. I watched it last week and I totally forgot. Oh, Evie. Rachel Welsh. 
have actually never seen the mummy. Oh, she was in my video. What is her name? I don't know if I've ever seen that movie, so I only know this you because I made that video. You have never seen this movie. I don't think I've seen the movie. It is my favorite movie of all time. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. That and The Princess Bride are up there. Okay, see, when The Mummy came out, like, the age that I was at that time, it was too scary for me. Mm. Like, I don't know if I wasn't allowed to watch it or if I was just too scared. And so there's, like, a whole category of those that I never ended up watching. Okay, well, you definitely need to. Yeah. Um, but the whole movie focuses around... You know, the, the little band of heroes, but one of them is Evelyn Carnahan slash O'Connell, um, yes. played by Rachel Weiss. Yes. She is so iconic in that role. I'm kind of a poser because when I made that video, a lot of the famous librarians that I put in there were just from my research. Like, I don't actually, like, I didn't see where they came from. Okay. I mean, that's fair. That's why we do. That's why we do trivia. That's why we learn things. Yeah. All right. Last question. Devastated by fire in 48 BC, where was the famous Library of Alexandria located? What country? Yes. Egypt. In Egypt. I'm just gonna go ahead and say um, Pompeii. No, it's not Pompeii, is it? Greece. I have no idea. Greece was actually Egypt. Egypt. Which is like really crazy. It was it was Alexander the Great. Okay. Um, but it was actually located in Egypt. <gasps> oh. So is you know, Alexandria a city in it, Egypt? It is. Because Egypt is a was country. correct. Okay. <laughs> correct. Um but yeah it's uh it's one of those things or where an ancient civilization it, of Egypt. Correct. Okay. Um so it's one of those things that if you've ever looked at a chart of there are charts that map our progress as humans, like mm. as a civilization. And if you look at the ones that timeline up to the library of Alexandria, you can see that our ability to use like technology and like our learning went way, way up. And then as soon as the library of Alexandria burned, it drops. Wow. So like we would effectively be a few hundred years ahead of where we are now, as far as technology and learning, if the fire of Alexandria had not happened. Whoa. That's fascinating. I, also, that's good um, proof for why libraries are important. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, they cataloged everything. They kept all kinds of scrolls and stuff. It, it was really, it was really fascinating, but they lost so much of it. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I thought so. That actually segues beautifully mwah, into Chef's Kiss, into my book recommendations for this topic. So if you are like us and are complete nerds and find this topic fascinating, yep. I do have some recommended reading to share with you if you want, you know, more info like this that's fun and fascinating. So The Library Book by Susan Orlean. I read that last year. It's fascinating. It's a nonfiction book where the author Susan Orlean um, kind of writes about libraries in general and historically, but she sort of focuses it from the topic of the Los Angeles Public Library. Okay. And they had this mysterious library fire, I think in the 60s. And to this day, like, they still don't officially know who did it. Like, no one was ever convicted or something. There was a trial, and she talks about this in the book, but the guy that was suspected of doing it and his whole background. But, yeah, another famous library fire, the Los Angeles Public Library, like, the central location, um, burned significantly 
That's and, fascinating. And it changed a lot as far as how libraries were built and maintained since then, like with sprinklers and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Oh, like, yeah. I think it really progressed the technology there of to how, protect to, yeah, how to protect in case that happens in the future. So that book was really interesting. Wow. Um, and then a fiction book that I loved in the circle of libraries is The Giver of Stars by Jojo Moyes. Yeah. And that centers around the topic of the pack horse librarians in the 1930s, which before reading this book. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'd never heard of this before reading this book, but part of the works project administration by Roosevelt's administration was these pack horse librarians um, in rural, mostly Kentucky, I think. So oh, was, so not far from home. Yeah. So in these rural communities, it was mostly women became librarians and they would deliver books to these families that were like up in the mountains, you know, that wouldn't come to the library. They delivered books and other magazines, recipes, materials like that on horseback. That is so cool. Yeah. So this book is really good. I've, I mean, I've obviously not an authority on the subject, but to me it seemed really where well researched and even though it's fiction, like I learned a lot about that. Topic. It's like the perfect intersection between like book nerd and horse girl. Yes, it really is. So if that's you, you've got to read that book. <laughs> All right. And that is our podcast. Thank you guys for listening. We have two other launch episodes up already that you can go listen to right now. One on literature and book facts and one all about cookbooks, cooking and weird food trends. You don't want to miss that one. And then we'll be back with our newest episode on May the 10th. And that'll be all about gardening and plants. So make sure that you subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast and feel free to leave us any feedback or suggestions. This is obviously brand new and we're making it for you. So let us know what you want to see. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.